0: All right, great show for you guys today with Chris Powers from Golf Digest, co-host of the Be Right Podcast. We talk everything from a U.S. Open recap to our Travelers picks, even talk a little Stefan Shoffley at the end. It's a great show for you guys today, and I know that you guys are going to love it. But before we get to the show, I want to tell you guys about BetUS. BetUS is an online legal sports book in all 50 states, and you can use promo code PICKTHEPUP. For a 125% all-sports bonus on your first deposit, they have really great golf odds. NBA playoffs are in full swing, and the NFL season, it's coming up. It's coming up soon. It's right around the corner futures are already out regular season wins are already out so this is a great time to check out bet us and use promo code pick the pup for a 125 percent bonus on your first deposit at BetUS.com. that's promo code pick the pup and BetUS.com. let's get to the show all right i have chris powers on the line here from golf digest co-host of the be right podcast how's it going buddy
1: Awesome, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to to be here. I appreciate uh the look. Uh love a little recognition, you know, us non-blue blue check mark people, uh you know, <laughs> it's nice to get some some recognition every now and then.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you do I feel like you're close, right? I mean you're kind of you're kind of stirring <laughs> shit up on Twitter with your <laughs> with your uh so you were the first to post that Bru- uh that Brooks video, correct? Correct.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only way for me to to get to get a look from people is is to stir some some shit up if that that has to be, you know, ripping a TV from from golf channel. You know, people were and that one, you know, you know, I always try and and find stuff that will like really pop. So, you know, we're all trying to look for clout and and views and all that. I didn't realize how much that would pop because it was just a pretty innocent video. And I wasn't saying you know, oh look, his knee screwed. I just made some dumb joke and and then next thing you know, people are like investigating me like, where was that from? That was from the masters. He was wearing that outfit at the I'm like, first of all, relax. second of all, it's from I was watching golf channels. I was watching live from the u s Open on the range like I you know, people on social media are crazy. That's why sometimes I'm like, you know i don't I don't want a blue check mark. I don't want the rec- I, you know I don't want to stir stir it up that much.
0: Were you the Spieth one too? There's a Spieth one too where he was like twisting his arm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So funny thing, we were having a our weekly Wednesday meeting. The whole web team gets together. Funny thing is, um, we were having our web meeting. Everyone's on it. You know, all the writers and and our bosses and and um, I don't know how I forgot how it came up. Oh, uh, someone on site for us. I think Hallie Ledbetter. Um, was following his practice round, Speeth's practice round on whatever it was Tuesday. And he like grabbed his wrist on the last hole and said, I'm done, according to Halley. And then our guy Joel Beal went up and asked him, like, you know, when he walked up and, you know, are 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 you hurt? And Spieth was like, What are you talking about? I'm fine. And it turns out I think he was just done hitting shots out of the rough because the rough was so long. And I think a lot of the guys last week, Joel said, Um, just stopped hitting shots out of the rough because it was either going to risk injury or, you know, what was the sense in practicing those, those type of shots. And then we see the Getty photo. So Dan Rappaport and I are both on this uh, zoom meeting. And next thing you know, we didn't, we didn't like communicate. We were both probably thinking about the retweets. So we both tweeted out like an identical picture of him grabbing his wrist, And then, you know, people, I guess, thought I was trying to stir up some injury stuff. So.
0: Well, I think you do some great work on Twitter. I, I, I really appreciate it, even if the guys at Twitter haven't given you the uh, blue check yet. I, I'm a huge fan. I really appreciate it. But I think that's a decent segue to start talking about the US Open. I think we should talk about it a little bit before we get into the travelers. What'd you think, man? Just like there's a lot of questions I could ask you, but just I guess we'll start with your overall take of the entire experience. Overall take
1: is, and I was thinking about this, just how, you know, looking back, like it was pretty simple, you know, to bet on John Rahm and it was kind of all, it all set up with, with the memorial stuff. And you could almost argue that that helped him, his chances even more. And it was almost like it was an easy bet. And I, and we all hate betting the favorite and, um, we're all trying to be sharp and find 50 to one guy and that 40 to one guy, and even the 30 to one guy, you know, to get to actually make some money. But this one seemed like an easy one, and then you also think about it, and it's like it wasn't easy. He had to make two left to right sliding putts on the last two holes. He needed yeah. Hazen to hit it, you know, in the penalty area. You know, so many things still have to go right for you. And you know, last Tuesday you could have said, yeah, it's it's going to be John Rom, John Rom, John Rom. But on Sunday afternoon, when he's one back and he's got to make two huge putts, you know, I would have been sweating with the John Rom ticket, even if now
0: in retrospect it seems like it was a pretty pretty easy bet. What did you think of the Sunday experience? I feel like for kind of two to three hours there, say whatever you want about the coverage. That's a totally different conversation, but for two or three hours there, that was like pure cocaine. (laughs) That's a
1: great way to describe it. Not that I would know anything about that, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, you know, this all this these coverage complaints, and and I'm just as guilty of it, we're all guilty of it, but it's like 2% of us golf fans actually are complaining about that stuff. For the most part, people, 98% are, they're probably loving every minute of it on the weekend, especially on Sunday. You know, guys that tune in just for Sunday, just for the last nine holes, like that's, you couldn't really have asked for much more than what we got. And we saw a lot of shots from a lot of different guys. So I didn't, I had no complaints but. The the Sunday coverage for sure and that last hour of commercial free. That that is that is pure cocaine right there. No commercials, no playing through Geico commercial. They're they're running into the ground right now. None of that was uh
0: was pretty special. All right, Chris. I'm gonna ask you a very controversial question. Do you <laughs> another, like another one? Yeah. Do you like Tory Pines as a US open venue?
1: Look, I get it. I get I get the complaints. I think they have merit, you know, from the uh from the milk. I don't want to call them woke mob. They get, uh, they get a little testy when you call them that. It, it's straight in front of you. It's driver. Hit, hit the fairway. If you don't, you're in trouble. It's a penalty shot. It's, it, the first three days, let's be honest, not a ton of juice. I, I will say that. And then yeah. for the people like me or anyone else who was saying, oh, look at this leaderboard. Like, this is amazing. Obviously, this course must be amazing. Tiger won there in 2008. It was an unbelievable Sunday. Well, you know, any major Sunday if there's a bunch of people within one stroke of the lead, it's going to have plenty of juice. So those first three days were pretty brutal. Let's be honest. It was, there was not a lot going on We're you know, we're content machines at golf digest. We're looking for, um, I don't want to say we're looking for controversy, but you're looking for something that's going to, that people are going to click on. That's going to have a spicy headline and not much happened the first three days to produce much of that. Sunday, obviously Mackenzie using the tree, Bryson with the streaker and slipping up on thirteen and all that. That was great, but yeah, it is a very boring course and it asks kind of one thing of you. And and I did like what our Alan Shipnuck, who uh, does some work for us at the majors now, wrote about it on Saturday night or Friday night. That you know may, maybe that's what the U.S. Open should be asking you to hit it long, hit it straight, make a bunch of pars. And that's the other thing I, I was really impressed by Rom uh, from Rom. You think these guys make got to make a, a big birdie run in the back nine, but at the US Open, you kind of just got to keep your wits about you, make a bunch of pars. Ron was the only one that did that, you know, around that 10, 11, 12, 13th hole, 14th hole stretch,
0: kind of just kept it together while everyone else fell apart. And then he struck on. I think it depends what people kind of want from their US Open. And listen, if you've listen to my podcast with your great colleague and friend, Steve Hennessy, you know that I am really into architecture. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've read some books about it. I think it's cool. I'm really into course rankings. I don't think it's really as niche of a community as people think. And I don't, I don't really think that you have to be an architecture bro to point out that every single hole at Torrey kind of looks similar. I was there for two days. If I didn't have Nagels with me kind of navigating, <laughs> I would be absolutely lost. A lot of the holes kind of do blend together. And I think the no laying up guys put it pretty eloquently and I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but I think Tori is really good at testing a very specific skill set, but not really that great at truly making players think differently. Like you can pretty much hit driver on every single hole you know I was there for two days. There's like one or two holes that I can definitively tell you that I got a good sense for. A lot of them do blend together and which that's again that's like not a hot take that's just that is factually Absolutely, what yeah. the holes look like and I think that again, this is the no laying up guys brought up a pretty good point by saying that no player really complained this week and I don't know if that's like a good thing. Like I feel like you want them to be at least a little uncomfortable and feeling challenged and that's not really what Tory does. It's hard. It's really hard, but it's kind of straightforward hard. Like if you aren't playing well and hitting crisp long irons and 300-yard drives, you're going to get killed, but it doesn't necessarily require like a ton of creativity or a ton of strategy in general if that makes sense.
1: No, absolutely. That's why I said before, I, all of the criticisms do have merit. We may joke about, uh, you know, like you said, the architecture bros, but they are right. And you are also right that it's not as a niche of a community as, as we think. And I think part of that is that they're so vocal that people are kind of seeing the light a little bit with, with a lot of these takes, a lot of these criticisms of the kind of slog courses that we see basically every week. And, Tory is the perfect example because there's also an, a tournament there in, in February or January, whenever it was this year. And, you know, n- now we have to sit through it kind of twice. And I guess it was a little harder this week because it's the U S open. So they made the rough a little longer greens were a little quicker, but at the end of the day, it was kind of the same exact tournament, uh, as it was at the, at the farmers. So we do love to see a little more creativity. That's why the Palmetto was so great yeah, on a different course, which, um, in South Carolina, you know, it's, kind of weird to see a course like that but it was it was cool to see definitely tested the guys and it wasn't a crazy birdie fest i mean 11 under one and those guys kind of fell apart down toward the end so it would be nice to see a lot more palmetto's chambers bays and unfortunately the one that the i guess the nelson was at that that uh they already uh, deserved. Oh, good, um,
0: good old craig <laughs> yeah yeah, no, not, yeah tpc craig uh, yeah worked. i was i was on that week with you guys you can forget yeah. craig <laughs> And my Tom Hoagie spicy nugs (laughs) that that didn't age great. Uh, But yeah, dude, I think I think it goes back to the like original question of like, what are you looking for in a U.S. Open venue? It's in an awesome town overlooking the Pacific Ocean, going to absolutely produce a leaderboard of really great golfers that can smash the ball and hit their long irons well, because that's what Tori asks of you. And that's what the best golfers in the world tend to do. I don't necessarily think it's like bad to the point that they should drop it from the rotation. I just I don't get as excited for it as I would be on like a Shinnecock year or a Winged Foot year or a Marion year, if that makes sense. And just from a fan experience, have you ever been to Tory, Chris?
1: I've not been to Tory, only Pebble a few times. I've I've been dying to get to Tory, but I mean, playing it, I'm not sure what where the fun lies in, in playing that course. Like like you're just saying now with the Having to bang driver straight every single hole. That's not my forte. Well, Someday, hopefully, we get to play together, and uh, you'll notice that banging driver straight is not my forte. So do I want to get there? Do I want to see the place? Would I love to play it? Sure, but I think I would have a brutal time there, and for whatever it is, 300 bucks. Obviously, if you're a resident, it's cheaper, but I don't know how people play there every day.
0: Yeah, from a fa- from a fan experience, you brought up Pebble. I think Pebble's and I went to the 2019 Open at Pebble. I think it's an it's like An awesome setup. It's very compact, obviously, because it's Mm -hmm. a relatively small piece of property compared to what Tori is. Tori is really strange. Like you enter on the 11th hole, and your point of entry is the farthest point away on the property from hole number one and hole number 18, where the store (laughs) is and everything. So you kind of enter at this very random point on the golf course, and you're very far from where you kind of want to be. So you have to pretty much walk to the complete other side of the property. If you want to like post up on 18 or go to the store or see the guys on the putting green, you enter, you're kind of dropped in the middle of like 11 and 12 and it's just really weird. And you have to walk like three quarters of a mile to get to one. But anyway, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. It's kind of just a weird, it's a weird vibe there. But anyway, let's get into the travelers, dude. TBC River Highlands, par 70, measuring 6,841 yards. It's designed by Pete Dye. The greens are a POA and bank grass mix. I've already discussed it a little bit in my Sunday pod, so I'll just kick it to you. What do you think, man? Wedges and putting? Yeah, I
1: was there two years ago, and I, unfortunately, um, we were doing a bunch of stuff for the magazine. So I really just, and the range there, have you been there? Never range there is incredible it's it's gigantic it's like this huge open space it's in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut so there's a ton of a ton of land and I kind of just spent a bunch of time on the range because guys were kind of chilling it might have been same thing you know a week or two after the U.S. Open so it was a super laid-back vibe and guys were you know you could go right up to them and chat them up and um, so I didn't really and I was only there for a day and it takes me three hours to get there because I live in Jersey so it was like I was on the range. I did a couple articles, talked to some guys, and then I went home, and I I don't think I saw, like, any of the holes. So I think I might be going Wednesday again. I might uh, really give the course a good look. So I can't really tell you too much about the course. Obviously, we've seen it on TV. It's a great finish. Um, but, yeah, like you said, wedges, putting. I think driver's big off the tee. I mean, we saw Dustin win here. He actually gained zero strokes off the tee when he, when he won here last year. Yeah but Bubba's obviously one here. He's a great driver player off the tee guy. So, I am kind of looking towards off the tee um wedges obviously like you said. And yeah, it's it's another, you know, got to have a hot putter week which seems to be every week on PJ Tour.
0: I went to boarding school at a school called Hotchkiss which is very close to that area. So, it's a beautiful part of Northwest Connecticut. Yeah. I've never been to the course, but I hope to get back there soon. I'm going to be back in uh, New York in a little bit, but not in time for this one. I I think people love this tournament from what I've heard. It has, I think it has the second highest regular attendance to Phoenix. Um, I think they're letting around like 10,000 in this week, and I think the fans are a really big part of it, so I'm glad that the fans will be back. As far as the field too. It's kind of awesome. Like I was really surprised. It's, it's, it's a it's amazing, really, they, it's a really good field I They think seem five, to, they seem to ahead.
1: add a, a, a big guy every year too. Like it'll, you know, Dustin started going now Brooks goes on. Uh, is Brooks there this week? Or
0: Brooks did, is you know, there this week. Brooks he has the there. same Canley's odds there. to win the travelers as he did the U S open.
1: Yep. Canley's there Deschambeau, Like you said, Reed. I mean, Finau, it is, it is an incredible field. And, and it's, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. I bet it'll get stronger next year. And after the U S open, especially on the West coast, you know, I, I guess we'll see uh, if we get any WDs that kind of send uh, the gambling community into a tizzy. But I think a lot of these guys do want I think to we're safe. fulfill their, fulfill their commitment to this tournament. And I think that that's, that's one of the reasons um, they get such a strong field is because, you know, these guys want to come play this course and, I think there's a bunch of charity aspects to um to this tournament so yeah great field
0: coming off a of us open week it's uh definitely not a dud so i'm going to give you the guys 30 30 and below chris and all these odds are courtesy of bet us use promo code pick the pup to get a 125 percent all sports bonus on your first deposit so these numbers are courtesy of bet us chris but feel free to throw out uh, any other numbers that you have gotten, as long as it's not shitting on the Bet US number, uh, <laughs> but I, there is some wild stuff going on.
1: Brian Harmon, um, let me just kick it right off with Brian Harmon. What the hell is going on?
0: What the <laughs> hell is going on with that? I mean, I get it. So I'm looking at the Bet US number is forty five to one.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. So which that's is a good,
0: that's good fair? That's fair, but. Uh, I just, I don't understand what happened. I don't understand what happened. He was 18 to one and mm-hmm. Brooks is 18 to one and Reed is 22 to one. I do not understand it. No one can explain it to me.
1: The Brooks, I I guess I can kind of get just because I almost wonder if some of these books are onto him kind of showing up this week and, and missing the cut. So, um, but he's still 18 to one. He's, that's still a decent amount of respect, but you would think off that that finished another great U S open week that he'd be the favorite this week. But uh, obviously that's Bryson, depending on where you look, uh, the Harmon number, but yeah, Brooks Kaepke Brian Harmon being the same numbers or close to the same number and Reed, you know, every week he's, there's a bunch of guys in front of him that just make you, you know, raise your eyebrow. Like this guy wins all the time. He's a major champ unbelievable grinder will the ball in the hole all that and there's guys who you know have never won have never sniffed a win ahead of him on the odds board every week so it's it's definitely puzzling Harmon, i guess i could i mean i can get some of the respect because he's such a good putter like you said that's so big this week and he's you know he's got some good win equity too and he's won some some solid tournaments so but still the number i'm looking at right now on my screen is i don't get it at all <laughs>
0: Of the guys that are 30 and below on BetUS, I'm looking at Bryson at 12, mm-hmm. DJ at 13, Cantley at 16, Brooks at 18, Casey at 18, Reed at 22, Scheffler at 25, and Finau at 28. Is there anyone in that range that you could see yourself betting or do you think you're going to forego it?
1: Yes, and I was actually going to ask you. Um, it's a toss-up between two. You didn't mention the one. He's under 30 on this book. I'm sure he's... answer. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he's right there on your book, like 30, right after 35, 35. on 35. Bet us Sign Love that up, number. man. That's I'm a good at, number. Yeah, I'm looking at a 28. I saw a bunch of people touting him today. You know, that's always, you know, you could say the public's on him, but uh, it's all these sharp guys we follow on Twitter and the gambling community that all kind of jumped on him. 33, 35, I saw. Obviously, an incredible iron player. Um, but I was going to say, answer Scheffler. What would you do? I'm, I'm kind of leaning with Scheffler a little bit. I do think, um, a lot of these guys towards the top, the Brysons, the Dustin's, obviously Scheffler also just played in the Open. But these bigger dogs, kind of a lot of travel, the time change. They've got plenty of money in the bank, plenty of wins in the bank. I'm not saying they're all going to miss the cut, but I just like the spot kind of for Scheffler. Still a strong field to get that first win. Memorially played well, runner up I believe, or second or third, and uh, had another good week at the U.S. Open. But yeah, if you can get answer at 35, that that's really where I'm I'm looking right now. Scheffler answer is kind of a toss-up for me.
0: I'd go Scheffler. I, I I watched him really closely on Saturday at the US Open because he was paired with Xander. He's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scotty he Scheffler's is. he is really good at golf great girlfriend great family i know i sound really creepy right now but when you walk around in close proximity with the same people for five hours you kind of pick things up and the the trick is i actually have to give credit to our friend nagels again for this but i I was gonna ask
1: you it must have been we can talk about we can (laughs) can talk
0: about that at the end but there's a lot of strategy involved watching live golf you kind of have to position Mm -hmm. yourself to get out in front and you have to kind of try and figure out some of the shortcuts and the family and the team always knows this too, because they're so good at it. So the smart way to watch a golf tournament is you find out who these guys girlfriends and families and teams are. And then you just follow them. Like when they move, you move because they're really good at getting out in front and getting best positioned to kind of see the next shot. Like, when a guy hits the green, start moving already to position yep. yourself to the next hole because you find out if they make the putt based on the cheer.
1: Yeah, they're they are trained golf watchers for sure, and uh, I haven't done that in a while. We do get these inside the ropes, which is nice, but I definitely miss it. I definitely miss walking around with a beer in my hand, and uh, I think the last tournament I went to that I was a strictly a fan. Uh, was oakmont my buddies uh my one buddy had a college buddy in pennsylvania in pittsburgh so we had a place to stay we drove up we had tickets for two days and obviously oakmont was such an incredible place to to watch a us open um and yeah so i haven't had to strategize like that in a while but i, I believe that uh i believe that it was uh, a tough time for you but yeah that's that's a good strategy follow the uh follow the follow the team follow the entourage
0: But I gave you no analysis of (laughs) Scheffler with that whatsoever, but I I like Scheffler a lot. My problem with answer is he checks every single bots for me, but he just gets pounded to death at these short courses, man. And I just, I don't think that golf tends to work that way. Like I'll give you a prediction. Answer's going to win at a long course that people don't think he sets up well for when he's like, Sub 10% on DraftKings. That's when answer's gonna win. That's how golf works. Like mm-hmm. if you played answer at Quail Hollow, like that was a sharp play. Yes. Like that was the time to play answer. That's when no one was playing answer because everyone thought the course was too long. 25% answer isn't gonna win this week. And if he wins <laughs> this week, then I'm gonna lose on that every single time. Yes.
1: I I I definitely uh Definitely agree with you there. And I love the the quail hollow pull. I think we were on him that week, Steve and I might've been, and he made some big putts at the end, which was so good to see. You know, he's like one of these phenos that you think, oh, he's kind of shrinking in the moment. He did not shrink there. And, uh, he really had a great chance, made some huge putts. but I love what you said about the, the longer course and he hits his long iron so well that, you know, he can separate himself at, at, at a longer course like that, like, like quail hollow. Um, so I do agree. So yeah, you convinced me on Scheffler, and seeing all the answer, I love a good community win.
0: Me too, um, but it ne- I hate
1: to miss out on it. But it it really works. I, I think the last one was like Burger at Pebble, and he was like eighteen to one that week. So I'll miss out on uh, that kind of community win.
0: I'll say this: like if you want to bet answer outright, I think thirty five to one is a decent number. I think it's the DraftKings that kills me yes it, it, really so I, I, I don't mean to sh- i don't mean to shit on answer as a <laughs> as an outright play no
1: um, i don't either i we love we had him on the pod a few a uh, month or two ago one of our best guests so humble. i heard nice that guy. yeah that was yeah, great he's, he's great
0: the guy i that, want him
1: to win i'm rooting for him yeah no
0: he seems like an incredible guy yeah. all these guys the guy that i have started with is i pulled a, a 44 on neiman I think that's just a really good number for him. I really liked what I saw from the U.S. Open. Um, He gained 3.2 strokes off the tee. That's his best off the tee week in a month. And 3.9 strokes on approach. That's his best approach week since the Sony Open. The short game is a problem. Not looking past it. I'm fully aware of it. But I'll say this. He only lost one stroke around the green at the U.S. Open. Last four starts, he went from losing 3.6 strokes around the green to 2.9 to two, and then one last week. We call that Small progress, Chris. For- <laughs> we call that progress.
1: I, I always handicap the same way when, you know, Steve will be like, oh, that guy's in the red for the, the last five weeks. I'm like, yeah, but it's less red. It's less <laughs> red. We're, get, we're getting there. Um, so I don't, I don't hate that at all, and I've been on even a bunch this year, so – that's kind of one of those situations where I've been burned by him so much. I think I tied him at the players. I was really feeling him at the players. And the same thing, the short game just killed him that week. He's hitting it great. Um, so I'm probably not on uh, Neiman, although you might talk me into him. The guy I'm on, and another terrible short game player, which we saw this weekend, is Matthew Wolf. And that's 35 to 1 at DraftKings. I'm not sure what he's at at your book. I bet I'm
0: assuming he's 30, a, he's 35 to one at at, okay. at at US as well.
1: I think the natural reaction here is and I was on him at I was on him at Tory. I think a couple other people will were I mean it's kind of a no-brainer. If you throw five bucks on him, he's like 225 to one, two fifty to one, you throw twenty bucks on him, you could win huge. So I think the natural reaction will be no way I can bet him at thirty five to one now. I almost just hit on him at two twenty five. Now it's slashed and how you know whatever percentage but I'm, I love him this week. Uh, great run at Torrey. I was impressed what I saw on Saturday. I know he had some really poor short game shots, but he also recovered nicely from that. I think it was on 14. He kind of chunked one. He chunked it like twice and then got up and down for bogey. So I was pretty impressed by that kind of resolve. I love the attitude right now. Obviously, that was a big topic of discussion on Thursday, Friday, when, when he was really in the mix. Faded a little bit on Sunday, as we know, but it's been a while since he's been in contention like that, plus all the fans. So the short game is bad. I, I I cannot deny that. But he putted great at Torrey. Um, Gained a bunch off the tee. I'd like to see a little bit better iron play. The 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 other thing I'll say is I, I said I'm off a bunch of the big boys because of the travel and the time change and you know having to play this week and because they committed. This guy should be as fresh as anybody. He took however many months off before Torrey. He hadn't played since Riviera. So I kind of like that too. Maybe he's like you know some guys are playing like in the NBA on the second night of a back-to-back and he's got, you know, really fresh legs. So, um, I just kind of really like Wolf this week, even at this number that's so much lower than what we just got him
0: at. I think it's a great play. I'll give you one little Wolf nugget that I think will make you feel even more confident. So one of my buddies who I used to live with, um, he recently moved back to Oklahoma. He's from Oklahoma and he actually belongs to the club in Oklahoma called Oak tree national. It's unbelievable pete die actually course that matthew wolf practices on if you want to take that angle i I think you guys have it you guys have it ranked like 63rd i've i've played it before on a golf trip it's awesome and it is the course that wolf practices when he was at when he's home and he was kind of hiding out in oklahoma uh, during this little absence and on friday at the u.s open he texted me and was like not a shock to see Wolf playing well at all. That dude has been grinding on the range for hours and just absolutely striping it. And I was like, that would have been a fantastic text to get on Wednesday, because <laughs> <On Wednesday. laughs> like I would have played him on. He would have played him on DraftKings and maybe like top twenty. But I mean, that would have been great information to have like two days ago, man.
1: Yeah, he, t- he texts you when he's like ten to one on on Saturday or Friday That's, night.
0: It's like, not a surprise to see Wolf playing well. It's like okay, dude. <laughs> 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 well,
1: that that's that brutal.
0: But yeah, I th- I think it's a good choice in terms of kind of this entire. Gotta win
1: another. He te- wanted a. What do you want at that? another TPC course? I know it's a different designer, not Pete Dye, but a lot of these these TPC courses have oh, that yeah. kind of similar vibe of. These you know, last few holes, there's gonna be a lot of action. There's gonna, you know, they're gonna want you to hit a big time shot, you know, that drivable par four. I love Wolf in that type of situation too. So there's a lot
0: to like about him this week. You're right with the T P C thing. That was the same thing that we talked about when we were talking about our good buddy Craig, where I was like, This course <laughs> this course is exactly yep. like T P C Scottsdale. And sure enough, the guy who finished second at TPC Scottsdale, KH Lee, who I think none of us bet, ended up winning that tournament. So yep. I, think, I think you're right with the TPC connection. I'll kind of open it up to this entire range that goes up to, I don't know, we'll say 60, but you got a lot of other guys in there like Charlie Hoffman, mm-hmm. uh, Harris English, Sam Burns, Bubba Watson, who's obviously won here three times, Cam Smith at 50 to 55 to one, I've seen him as high as 60, Justin Rose at 55, Russell Henley at 55 and Siwoo Kim at 55. That's a really interesting range to me of just, there's a lot of guys where I feel like you can make a pretty compelling case for any of them. Anyone else in that kind of mid tier, since it seems like we're both kind of foregoing the top and are going to kind of pepper the middle to, to bottom. Is there anyone else that has your attention in kind of that range?
1: So I'll I'll never discourage Siwu at Pete Dye. I think I think we all know that well. Pete Dye of course. I won't bet him this week. The the other guy I'm just considering, and I was on him too at Tory at a couple different numbers, some big ones. And it's Bubba. And the the thing that worries me is that weekend. It was so bad on the weekend, and it looked like it was going to be such a special. Same thing as Wolf. He, the, the attitude was great. That interview was awesome. I did a post on it. You know, he's in a great spot in his life. All that three time winner. At uh, or two-time winner, however many times he's won here, I forget. But obviously, feels comfortable here. Um, it's a good number, so much win equity, fifty to one, all that. But that that weekend was so brutal. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I might that might be a Wednesday night. Like I don't want to miss out on another bubble week. Other than that, I'm not in too in love with this range. Maybe Keegan because he was playing so well. His irons are so good. The putter is just obviously you're betting on, uh, a miracle with his putter.
0: Yeah. I, uh, the bets that I have in right now, Chris, is I have Neiman at 44 to one and then three guys at 170 (laughs) to (laughs) one.
1: I like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Wolf, I think. And then uh, maybe Bubba and then a couple, couple other guys. Yeah. That I wrote down kind of, we'll get to, but keep it light this week. I you know I say that every week and then next thing you know, we got 10 different outrights, but yeah.
0: Oh not, yeah. I'll not get too in I'll, love
1: with anyone else here.
0: I would, I would definitely add as the week goes on, mm-hmm. let's open it up to like, once you get into this 60 and to 60 to 100, you have Keegan, who you mentioned, I'm seeing at 66 doc Redman at 70, Emiliano Grillo at 70, Higo at 70, Jason Day at 70, Kevin Na at 70, Mark Leishman at 70, Homa at 70, Phil is playing this week. He's won here twice. He's 70. Ortiz, 75. Poulter, 80. Aaron Wise, 85. Ricky Fowler at 85. Uh, Tringali at 90. Lanto at 90. Uh, and then we've got Hadwin at 100 and Kisner at 100 and Stuart Sink at 100 and Knox at 100. And we'll stop there. A lot of interesting guys in this hmm. range, too.
1: So love Doc, love Doc this week, and I know it's a little scary because he really, if you look at his results, only pops in like the weakest, weakest fields. (laughs) Um, But he did finish 11th in this tournament last June, so that definitely helps, helps his case. Just finished second at Palmetto, obviously almost snuck into that playoff. Putter has been cooking. That's good. We need that. He's gained in five straight. Not too good with the driver, but like we were just talking about before, he's gotten a little better the last three weeks. I think he lost like four and a half somewhere, lost three, and then he only lost .1 at Palmetto, which is wide open off the tee. So I do like Doc a little bit this week. I think he's closing in on that win. He's got himself in the mix a bunch of times, obviously at weaker field events. But like I said at the top, I, I think a lot of the big guys might you know miss the cut or just not be all there this week. So it could be an opportunity for a Scheffler for an answer for a, a doc to kind of get that breakthrough win. And then the other guy, um, I, I think it was you that was touting him. Not, not too recently. It might've been Craig ranch on our podcast and it's Jason day.
0: Oh, wow. Was it you? I wasn't prepared for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can do day right now. If we want to talk I, the, about the day.
1: approach and putting has not been there. We know that. Um, the around the green plays is, as is good as ever, as good as it's ever been. He's one of the all timers around the green, uh, off the tees there. So that there this week, you, you hope it's Poe. Like you said, he's great Poe putter, but the putter has just been, you know, so dreadful that it's hard to bet on him. But this, every time I bet on him, I'm hoping that world number one guy is going to come out and at 70 to one, that seems
0: worth it to me. You do not have to twist my arm one day. <laughs> I'll tell you, I actually, I do a lot of my research a week ahead of time and I kind of compile like this notes document where I kind of do little nuggets on all of the players and I kind of rank all of them and I do kind of pros and cons. And last week for the U S open, I had all of this stuff on Jason day and I didn't realize that he was not <laughs> qualified for the tournament until like even Tuesday. Try. Yeah. Until like Tuesday, I was like, I did not even realize that he wasn't playing this week. So Yeah, man. I think the same thing goes with day. First of all, it's 70 to one. As my buddy, Jeff Feinberg says, you're betting on the ceiling. There's not a, there's not a ton of guys in this range that have the type of ceiling that Jason day does. And the ball striking never left. He's going to putt well, one of these days. So you're finally starting to get the price break with Jason day where they're dropping him. Uh, I mean, I don't think it. I don't, if he doesn't play well this week, you'll probably start seeing it closer to 100. I think I'm looking at a 70 at Bet us right now, but I think you could probably even shop around and do a little bit better than that. I'm with you on doc too. I'm definitely going to play doc. My only issue with doc is, and like, I'm the biggest doc fan you'll ever meet, but he gets really, they bump him up pretty quickly. Um, like I, listen, I think he's a little overpriced, both in DraftKings and the betting market. He top 10 at the Palmetto and Byron Nelson, and he's 70 or 80 to 1, whereas Taylor Gooch is out here nearly winning the players, and he's 170 to 1. I I think that's kind of stupid. I don't think that Doc Redman should have the same odds as Max Homa. Uh, That is absolutely ridiculous to me, so I wish I was getting more of a break uh, in terms of the price, I think doc is probably still like closer to a 100 to one golfer right now, but I'm absolutely going to play him in the top 40 <laughs> market.
1: Yeah. I, I like, I like that a lot. You're, you're correct. I, I, I want to say before Byron Nelson, before he top 10, heading him at crazy numbers, 300, I might, I might be going overboard, but I think he will. You're not. Around there were 300s one.
0: on doc. Yeah. I know. Cause I gave him hard lucks every time.
1: Right. And, you know, then you look at a guy like Wolf who's slashed like this. Well, he's kind of earned the right to be slashed down to 35 to one. He's one highly touted amateur, obviously, almost won the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, contended again this week. Doc, like I said, really just weak field events. He's kind of popped in. And even that second at wherever the hell it was, uh, Rocket Mortgage, I mean, he was like six strokes back, obviously last, obviously Lashley played incredibly, but yeah, he does get he does get slashed pretty quickly, but seventy to one is still okay. And yeah, maybe Jason Day too in this range. I, I like those two plays. You're are you
0: passing on Fowler? I've seen some. He's he's on people's radars for sure. And I'm got, seeing I'm seeing a good amount of Fowler love. To the two recent results
1: are obviously very good. Um, if you're if you believe in this perspective angle, I think you almost have to play him this week. So. You don't have to convince me on Fowler. I, I've spent more money than I can recall on, on Ricky Fowler. So 85, that's still pretty good for a guy who's had some really nice recent results at the PGA, big-time event, life kind of coming back around for him. Maybe a career resurgence starts this week. Should be well-rested, like, like we said, no, no U.S. Open. Same with Jason Day. So, yeah, I, I could definitely get behind Fowler.
0: The guy that i 've been staring at all day is that ninety five to one on emiliano grillo here 's the thing about Grio. the price bump that guys like Streelman and Harmon are getting. I actually think there 's maybe a better case for Grio to be getting like none of these guys win anyway and Grillo's just out here doing like mini Morikawa stuff with his irons mm. he 's gained <laughs> over six strokes on approach this season, four different times. The only other players that have done that are Charlie Hoffman, Justin Thomas, Morikawa, and Grio. I think 95 to 1 is pretty damn fair for Emiliano Griot. I've talked about how this course is, this tournament can turn a little bit into a putting contest, so that scares me, but his putting has actually been a lot better recently, uh, so I have some interest in Grio. and then, like, I'm always interested in Lanto. He cashed a hefty top 40 wager for me last week at the U.S. Open. He's awesome on Poa. I want to play Kevin Kisner really badly. He's not allowing me to do it. Yeah, I know. I want to play him so badly here. He's just, he's, uh, not, he's not letting me. And then Stuart Sink rates out really well for me. I just, I don't know why I don't trust him. He's won twice this year. Is Stuart Sink going to win three times and just steal <laughs> player of the year? He's he's won here twice. I think one of the wins was in the 90s though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love Sink. I, you know, he was my biggest hit this year at uh, Harvardtown. Um, it was a big number, obviously. Uh, Grillo, Grillo was right there in Arbortown, too. Um, you could bet on Grillo every week, and eventually I would say it'll be worth your while if he just has that special putting week that even guys like Morikawa can have randomly, and, and they're going to win. So Grillo, Grillo is is always an interesting play. Kisner, like you said, Steve talked me into him at Palmetto because Steve played Palmetto, and he had all this inside information, and he saw, thought he really liked Kisner. And I was saying... You know that's great and all, and and the home game angle is great and all. But he's been so terrible that it's almost impossible. And he did show a little life at the match play, but that's just because he's so such a good match play player. I guess he he really is making it impossible to bet on him, which sucks because hundred to one on Kisner feels good, but it feels like he should be much bigger right now the way he's hitting the ball.
0: Yeah, I, I there are a lot of guys, and we could start talking about them now, but. There are a lot of guys uh, in this 100 range and kind of above 100 that I think I'm probably a little bit more attracted to in terms of going up all the way now. Everyone's in play. Is there anyone <laughs> is there any moves that you've made uh above 100 to 1 or even any guys that you like just in general uh for DFS or finishing position whatever. Who has your attention kind of more in the bomb section?
1: Well, guy who's had my attention all year. Uh, I know Steve too is another Georgia Bulldog, not Kisner. Chris Kirk is one ten to one, I believe, on on DraftKings. Just kind of banking on this uh, kind of resurgence win, this coronation win. He's come close a few times. Was really in the mix of the players and really faded on the weekend, uh, but then bounced back since with a few top tens. I uh, had a rough stretch, Valspar miscut, PGA miscut 70th at Charles Schwab, but then played pretty well at the Memorial, gained in every area except off the tee, putting it great. I I just I'm a big fan of Chris Kirk and I think, you know, he was a guy who won a bunch kind of at his peak and and I think he still has that in him. So I do like Kirk way down in this range. I didn't really, maybe the Gim Reaper, Pat Mayo's guy, he's the stats just pop every week. And you're like, man, this kid, this kid should be able to win one of these days. And a TC course at the players is where he played pretty well. So this could suit him nicely. Other than that though, I, I I don't know. I I don't, I'm a big Troy Merrick guy too. I think, uh, you know, I think he has the ability to just throw up a random 60, you know, on Thursday or Friday, and then you'll be feeling good with a one thirty five to one ticket on him. But, uh, and then McNeely, I'm uh, I'm trying to hit that McNeely week, and and he's another guy who, if he just cooks with the putter and you know keeps it in the fairway, he's gonna win one of these soon. So maybe McNeely merit, uh, but I do like Chris Kirk this week.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on Kirk in the sense that like I definitely at one point in the last month have bet Chris Kirk at like fifty to one. So, to oh, see him, yeah. uh, definitely I, I done it, it. I don't remember. Wh- yeah. I don't remember what tournament it was. I've definitely done it. it might have been Craig. Twice. Yeah, it could have been Craig. It could have been Craig. Yeah, um, he
1: got way down there for a little bit, but uh, now he's back up to to where we like him. I think.
0: Speaking Speaking of Craig, did you see that DraftKings had Tom Hoagie as a as plus one hundred to win? I saw.
1: <laughs> I saw that glitch between Hoagie and Harmon. The the numbers. You might have to bet him this week. Somebody might know something.
0: <laughs> They're be right listeners. They've been listening to my spicy nugs clearly on Hoagie, um, but I want to give you a hard sell on Taylor Gooch at 170 oh, I, one hundred and seventy. Oh,
1: when you said him before, I was going to say I'm I, I'm always in on Gooch, and I wasn't. I I didn't think of him this week, but you can. I'm already in. So, but sell away.
0: Yeah, I I auto bet him at 170 to 1. He I do not think he's a 170 to 1 golfer Chris. I think he's Taylor Gooch is really good at golf. He's made 12 of 14 cuts this season, including 5 in a row. Twenty-first at the Amex on a shorter peat die course, twelfth at Riviera on POA, fifth at the players on a shorter peat die course, fourteenth at Colonial on another short approach and putting course, twenty-sixth at Quail Hollow and eighteenth at Mirfield Village and just like good fields on hard golf courses. I think it's a stupid number. I would have bet him at 80 to 1, which he is in at some spots. I think he's really mispriced in DraftKings too. So I'm all in on Gooch this week.
1: Sold. Don't have to sell me on Taylor Gooch. I will definitely bet him.
0: Okay, give your guy first because I was going to say <laughs> the Gooch sell was surprisingly easy. I can give you. Oh, I can so do, easy. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, I kind of want to work for it a little bit harder. So <laughs> I, I've got, I've got <laughs> some. Know, go, I've, I, I, I've got some. I don't have to twist your arm. Huh? I've got. I think some he's guy. a
1: great top ten or two. He, he's a one of the top ten kings. He cashes a lot of those
0: tickets too. Give me the other guy you were going to mention.
1: I was just scrolling along, and I want to give one bomb and. You can tell me I'm I'm dumb, but I I just looked him up on Fantasy National and he pops on Poa. Another guy I'm betting the ceiling here um, is Brandon Haggy. I, I can't quit Brandon Haggy. Hits it so long. If if he could just kind of have a good week with around the green, good week with his wedges. I know this is probably a tough sell, but you know I cannot quit this Brandon Haggy guy, especially at a crazy number like four hundred to one.
0: That's interesting, Brandon <laughs> Haggy. I mean. Listen, he finished second at the Honda. Yep. Um, that is a shorter approach course. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I listen, I can get behind it. The The work that I tend to do most weeks is, like, I find these kind of bargain bin guys that my numbers have them as mispriced. Most of the time, outright-wise, they're in that kind of 100 to 200 range, and I just hammer them to finish in the top 40, and I do really, really well that way. So, I'll have to give Hagee a, a deeper look because if he's 400 to one, that means his top 40 number is probably uh, pretty high. It's probably like five or six to one to just to finish in the top 40. The guy that I am all in on and I tweeted about him today, but I think CT pan yes, at 175 at 171 is an absolute cheat code this week. Chris, he's made four cuts in a row already this season. He's finished 20th at Riviera difficult field POA third at Honda short approach course 18th at Wells Fargo in a difficult field 32nd at colonial on a short approach course he gained 3.1 on approach uh and 1.9 off the tee at Palmetto so his ball striking continues to trend in the right direction he's been awesome on these short courses he won the heritage uh he in died. 2019 yeah Pete Dye second at the Wyndham third at colonial six at the RSM eighth here at the Travelers in 2017. He's a cheat code this week. That is my gift to you. Top 40 <laughs> DraftKings. He was like 3% at the Palmetto. I played him there, finished 30th. No one noticed it's going to be the exact same thing this week. I mean, I, I tweeted about him and there are some people that listen to me, <laughs> but not too many, thankfully. So CT Pan. C.T. Pan.
1: I, I should listen to you. I, the top 40 market, I, I need to... I need to dive headfirst into I'm too much top 20s, too many top 10s, too many outrights, you sharper guys, that top 40 range, I think is where you can make a lot of money. So I'm, I'm fully behind on that. I'm in on CT pen looking at, looking at his fantasy national page. now you're right. He's just quietly cut making machine, top 40 machine, those plus odds, top 40 guys. That is, that is where the money is made. I agree. I just wish I would actually do it.
0: It's the best, and then the the last guy that I wanted to mention for me, you can throw out guys all day. I, I love I love talking about these guys more than I love talking about DJ and Bryson, but I have some interest in Brendan Steele. I, there's a there's okay. a rogue one seventy to one on Brendan Steele. I just think this is a really good spot for him. He's good on Pete Dye, really good on short courses. He is eight top 25s here in 10 appearances, including a sixth place finish last year in like a really good field. Third at the Honda earlier this year, fourth at the Sony open. He always plays well at the Sony Amex and Honda. I just, I think this is a really good course for Brendan Steele. And I just think for a guy that's actually won three times on the PGA tour, whereas Brian Harmon and Kevin Strillman have both won twice. Like what is the actual difference here that we're talking about between Brendan Steele and Brian Harmon and Kevin Streelman? <laughs> like, why are those guys eighteen and thirty to one, and Brendan Steele is one hundred and seventy to one? What's the difference? of the same guy. The only difference, Chris, is that Steele actually wins a little bit more. I just think it's yep. so stupid. I don't mean to. I don't mean to pick on Harmon and Streelman. It's it's not their fault, and I get mad at people who pick on Xander for his odds being low as if it's Xander's fault. So I don't mean to <laughs> pick on these guys. I just don't understand it.
1: No, I agree. Um, there's always a lot of guys down in this range that you, yeah, it there, it's very head scratching. Now that you mentioned Xander though, we have to, uh, I have to ask <laughs> how was it with, uh, with Nagels on the weekend, watching,
0: watching Xander. let uh, get it done again. It was awesome, dude. <laughs> uh, it was a ton of fun. Like I said, I would kind of be lost at Tory without him. Uh, he is really good at navigating. So I went with him on Friday and Saturday, and he had gone already on Thursday. So he really knew the lay of the land. And we also, like, we played golf together on Friday morning with his brother, who is a San Diego resident and has okay. played Tory like 40 times. So he knew the lay of the land really well, too. If you, are, are you da- Are you game to do like five minutes on Xander? Yeah.
2: yeah are are you, are you
0: here for it? people? Don't tend yes. to like it. I get pushback on it all the time. It's like, <laughs> listen, it, Chris, if I was maybe working at golf digest or if I had like a press credential or, you know, working for the golf channel or CBS, like I would act completely unbiased, but the reality of the situation uh-huh. is like, I'm a fan, you know, so I am biased and I love my guys and I love rooting for my guys. Xander is so good at golf, Chris. (laughs) He is so good at golf. And I know this. I know this. I'm not just like coming in with no context here. I've been Mm -hmm. to a lot of golf tournaments. I've seen a lot of live golf. I've seen Woodland take it down at Pebble. Brooks take it down at Shinnecock. I've seen Keimer win by eight strokes uh, at Pinehurst. I feel like I have context where, you know, you know how if you go to like a golf tournament for the first time and you see live golf, it's almost hard to differentiate between everyone. Everyone's everyone hits the ball on the center of the club face. So, so I listen, Xander led the field. I didn't check on Sunday night, but I know he hit the ball pretty well on Sunday too. But through three rounds, Xander outplayed everyone from T to green. He literally outplayed everyone from T to green. He was out driving Phil and Scheffler by like 20 yards. <laughs> it was unbelievable to watch, Chris. And I know he didn't close the door, but... I, as a Xander fan, am walking away from that experience so more confident, so much more confident in his abilities to win majors going forward uh, than I was beforehand. And some will probably say that, cra- that is crazy. Some will say that he choked, which I get it. That is fair to say if that's the opinion that you want to have. But I was just so impressed by the guy. I watched him in 2019 at Pebble Beach he's so much better now. He's like, yes. so, he is so, he is so, so, so much better now.
1: No, I, everything you said is correct. we like to poke fun here and there with certain guys, but you, you're, you're right. He is an unbelievable golfer. And I think a great comparison right now is Ram to where kind of getting himself in the mix a lot. And all he's, all he's going to need is a back nine, like Rom just had makeup, two or three putts, He's going to keep putting himself in position because, like you said, he is so unbelievably good. So it's going to happen for him. It almost did at Augusta. It could have very easily happened at Tory for him. Big Xander fan. Another guy we've had on the pod. Seems like a great dude. Great family. Great Again, family. great. I think great. I was I was watching. Uh, great team. I went to the range at the Players this year, and I found myself. Sitting there for an hour, watching Stefan, his dad, and Xander kind of just interact. It's a fascinating little thing they have going there.
0: Stefan, uh, <laughs> Stefan's outfit for uh, for Friday, he was wearing white linen pants uh, and white a white linen like see through shirt with straight his out of like, Miami, yeah, with, with straight. <laughs> yeah, speaking of cocaine for the U.S. <laughs> Open, follow Stefan Sheffley around for a couple days. He is such a character, man. And we actually got to, we did the thing where I think this is like my favorite part of going to a golf tournament. But if you go to the putting green after, you can really get some solid access to these guys, um, even if you're just a regular fan. And so after Xander's round on Friday... He struggled putting big time. He struggled putting all week, and I believe he was the only player to finish in the top 20 to lose strokes putting at Torrey. So Xander was out there grinding on the putting green with his coach. I believe his name's Derek Ukeda or Ukeda, something like that. But they had the machine all set up, and uh, Nagels, actually, I give him full credit, but he he initiated the conversation. But we actually got to, like, share a little exchange with Xander's putting coach. (laughs) It was unbelievable. We were the last ones there just watching Xander putt, like absolute madmen. Like we were <laughs> literally just standing there watching Xander putt. And finally, Xander's putting coach, like he, he gave us the time of day.
1: <laughs> putt, you're, you're right. Putting green is, is a great spot to hang out, especially in the evening when they're all kind of coming through there and trying to figure it out, grind for one last half hour. I, lo- I used to love going to the putting green. I, w- I sometimes do wish I was a fan again and I could just go to these events and do whatever I wanted and see whatever player I wanted. And like I said, have a, you know, walk around with the beer. But, you know, I get on site now, it's kind of like you got you to find something to write about. So uh, I'm not saying I'm mining for coal, but I do, miss, uh, I do miss being a fan for sure at golf tournaments.
0: Well, I'll tell you, for your next assignment, just say, <laughs> I'm going to follow Stefan Shafley. <laughs> And, and that, you'll, that you'll actually, have, you will have loads of, content loads of content at by the end of following him. He is he is hysterical. He pops that is he, a- he brings a little chair with yep. him. And he brings a little chair with him and he brings a flask too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember at, at at Sawgrass, this is on the other side of the range, which is great. If you ever get to the players, you'll see the, the main range. But if you walk all the way around, if you hoof it, there's a back part of the range. Uh, with a little short game area, another putting green, more slots to hit out of, obviously. And Xander was back there. And I mean, it's just like, it's not even so much that they're kind of going back and forth so much, but they like kind of silently know um, what to say to each other. And there was one point like Stefan was sitting so close to him that Xander was like, you need to get out of the way. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with the club, like literally sitting on top of him while he's hitting balls on the range. It's, one of the funniest <laughs> dynamics I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, he's amazing. Well, Chris, dude, you've been incredibly generous with your time. Is there anyone else that you want to touch on? And we kind of started going off on the Xander U.S. Open thing. <laughs> was there any? Was there any other deep bombs that you wanted to touch on, or or anyone else before we get out of here, man? Well,
1: I, I guess I'll end it. My, and with my signature, um, and I'll ask you to talk me out of it or talk me into it, and that's Patrick Rogers is all the way down at 200-1 to 1 at the book I'm looking at. He was leading at one point, I believe, on Friday or Thursday, kind of stayed in it on Friday, ended up having a good Sunday, climbed up the leaderboard. I think he shot like one under, but he climbed a few spots. Has some decent history here. He's got a third-place finish at TPC River Highlands, 200 to one seems pretty ridiculous for a guy who just played really well at the U S open um, smashes the ball. He's people don't realize how long he is. He's, he's one of the long, you know, it's Bryson and all these other guys who are, you know, in the top 20 in the world ranking, obviously they deserve more recognition than Patrick Rogers, but Patrick Rogers hits it as far as all these guys Um, the putter uh, actually was cooking on uh, this past weekend. He's a good poet putter. Talk me out of it. Talk me into it.
0: I'm not going to talk you out of it. He's pretty good. He's been pretty good at the Travelers. I'm just looking right now. He, is he has finished. Yeah, I know he missed the cut last year, but I think that was a little bit misleading because remember, that was like the second event after mm-hmm. COVID and like everybody played that tournament. It was like the field of literally yes. WGC. Uh, so before that, he's made his last five cuts here, including a third in 2016. I'm not going to talk you out of it at all, especially. And this is something that we didn't really talk about a ton, but I talked about it more so in my Sunday pod when I kind of do a, like a super deep dive on the course. I think this is a great week to go more feel based because I, of all of the research that I did on the course, kind of the biggest takeaway that I had is. A lot of it is a putting contest, man, and obviously there are some tee to green indicators that you can draw from. Of course, this is a approach course, and every course is a tee to green and a ball-striking course. I just am saying that more so than other courses, I think that a lot of this has to do with who catches a hot putter and putting being such a volatile statistic to predict, like you're going to drive yourself absolutely mad trying to predict mm-hmm. putting and stuff like that, because it, it almost from all of the research that I do, I've almost noticed that putting kind of like flip-flops more than it trends in the right direction. You, you'll literally drive yourself crazy trying to predict it. So if this is a week that I think this is as good a week as any, I should say to go with a more feel-based approach. I
1: agree on, on, especially on the putting, you know, I'm looking at his Rogers stats right now, he gained six and 6.2 putting last week. That's not, it's not possible to replicate. Let's be honest, back to back week. So, um, that would be one reason to, to back off of him, but he's good on POA.
0: Really totally good on green. POA. Yeah. yeah so really good on POA. He he's was not,
1: he's not going to gain 6.2 again, but you know, maybe he gains two or three and, and, th- and that's enough to get it done. So I'll end up betting Patrick Rogers like I do every week.
0: I love it, man. Well, Chris, it was a absolute pleasure um, having you on, man. You're welcome on this podcast anytime, and I will be back in. I'll be back in New York in July and August, so I'd love to. I was talking with Steve about this when I had him on, but we should absolutely play. I would love that. And before we get out of here, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Oh yeah. Uh,
1: by the way, yeah, we need to play golf. That'd that'd be awesome. Find me on uh, GolfDigest.com pretty much every day. Be Right podcast comes out every Tuesday. Listen to it. Uh, you know, I don't really do these reads. This is kind of Steve's department, but whatever. <laughs> like and subscribe, all that nonsense. Uh, really appreciate you having me on here. I'm not, uh, I'm not a guest that often, but when I do, I like to, uh, like to bring in and I love the recognition. So I really, really appreciate you asking me and I would love to do it again.
0: Chris, absolutely, man. Thanks again. Thanks one more time again for coming <laughs> on and we'll talk again soon, buddy. That's it for the show, guys. Please remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe. It helps me out more than you know. Continue to be able to crank out all of this free content, and I will be back on Sunday night with my first look for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Best of luck with your bets this weekend.
2: mypatriotsupply.com